What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. All right, the Nuggets now lead 1-0 in their best of seven series, the Western Conference Final Series against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, there are things to talk about in this game. Uh, I'm going to talk um, initially about the game itself. Um, and then in the second half, I'm going to talk of, introduce a new segment called why you should listen to Jeff and, um, not to pat myself on the back here, but, uh, we're, we're going to go over what I've said in the last podcast, um, and talk about why that was 100% what the Lakers did in the second half of game one, but we're kind of going to give a brief overview of the game. Um, the Nuggets got out quickly. They got out big. And you could tell the Lakers were a bit shell-shocked um, by this. I, I think there is, and I, 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 without getting into people's heads here, there is an arrogance that comes with being a Laker. Um, there, there is a way they carry themselves that is different from every other team in the NBA, including the classic, the, the Knicks, the, 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 the Celtics, um, even the, the Warriors, who have been the best team of the last you know decade, um, there has there's an arrogance that his, organizationally the Los Angeles Lakers carry themselves with, and you could see their them challenged, particularly by Nikola Jokic just absolutely destroying Anthony Davis in a in a thorough way. Anthony Davis ended up with forty points in this game, and that. They were the least consequential 80, 40 points I've ever seen. Um, the comeback was spurred in, in large part by a defensive change uh, that the that the um, Lakers made, and I'll be getting to that in the second half of this podcast. But the Nuggets really, due to uh, Jokic and Gordon in the first quarter, um, really got out big. They were they were exploiting the Lakers, kind of coasting. Um, thinking that they could just do what they do and 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 win and obviously once again organizational arrogance i don't think they had spent much time thinking about the denver nuggets prior to them getting here um and some of that arrogance was reflected in the all-star game when lebron fully intended on lebron and Giannis fully intended on taking Jokic last in that draft something that Jokic famously refused to participate in and just <laughs> left before it happened. Um, but you could tell that they were a bit shell-shocked. And the Nuggets ended up leading by 18 going into halftime. Um, this was a good first, a great first half from Nicole Jokic. Uh, he, by the time you get into, I think it was about four minutes into the third quarter, he had a triple-double. Um, and it was very clear that the Nuggets were destroying everything that the Lakers were doing, and they had to do something. And that, uh, once again, second half, I'll get to that. Um, the Nuggets game plan was the same game plan they have deployed in every single game. Okay. The Nuggets have not changed. The Nuggets have never once adjusted the Nuggets. Uh, as far as personnel, they have the same rotation in every game. They have the same approach to every game. It has not deviated, whether it be the, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Phoenix Suns, or the Los Angeles Lakers. The Nuggets have done the same exact thing. Um, if you scout the Denver Nuggets, you know exactly what they're going to do. It's all going to be centering around Jokic. Either he's going to have a great night or the Nuggets are going to put him out on the perimeter a little and let Yo uh, Murray cook if he's feeling it. Um, 
I think I think that this is just a symptom of the Nuggets very much knowing who they are and what they do. And this has been said on multiple podcasts. Um, if you listen to any of the national podcasts, they say, well, the continuity is uh, really important to the Denver Nuggets and they know exactly who they are. Well, no shit. Um, but the Nuggets also are very good at what they do, specifically because of Nikola Jokic. And Jokic's big night really began as he was racking up rebound after rebound after rebound in the first quarter. I think we kind of, we tend to overly focus on his offensive stuff. Jokic uh, is just so innate at grabbing rebounds that a lot, what, a lot of what that does is eliminate um, second chance opportunities and it kind of eliminates a, um, one of the things the Lakers want to do is have continual offensive possession and draw fouls. They're the, the Lakers' best offensive possessions are either Davis or drawing fouls. And then thirdly, it's LeBron. It's not secondly LeBron, it's third. Um, and then they started to rack up fouls in the second half uh, as the Nuggets got lazy. And I'll be pointing that out in the second half too. Um, but the Nuggets, the Nuggets, what they did was they what they were doing was better than what the Lakers were doing. And fouls were called, folks. I mean, by the end of the game, uh, Murray had five fouls. Jokic had four fouls. Um, I think KCP had four fouls. And the Nuggets were, they were getting fouls against them. That's, that is the Lakers strategy. That is their number two strategy after anything Anthony Davis related. They want to draw fouls on you. And... What the Nuggets were able to do is play so fast in the first half that it didn't matter if fouls were drawn. The Nuggets were always going to get an easy offensive position. It was all started with Jokic. Him getting all those rebounds and a lot of the second chance points that he was getting um, in the first half really neutralized what the Lakers were try- have been trying to do their entire the entire playoff run that they've had. Uh, be it from when they played in Memphis to uh, when they played the Warriors. And um, the Nuggets didn't win a long way in neutralizing one huge aspect of what the, the uh, Lakers want to do. Um, and I'll begin to that later. So the Jokic really, it begins and ends with him. Um, KCP had a big night, and I kind of figured KCP would. Uh, MPJ was interesting because I think th- that um, the Nuggets missed an opportunity, particularly in the second half, to get him going. Um, and this is where it conveys my frustration with how the Nuggets have handled him, particularly this year. Um, MPJ has improved on absolutely everything he can improve on, and he's still the leftovers guy. And eventually, there's going to reach a point where the Nuggets are going to have to rely on him for a stretch. And because of how exclusionary it is with this team, the Nuggets kind of... Um, have taken themselves out of another offensive option. You, um, it, it is kind of frustrating to see MPJ being the leftovers guy. He is too good for that. And he, and, and one key factor in this is like they, the, the Lakers have uh, Austin Reeves on uh, MPJ. And that tells you that the, the, they don't think that uh, the Lakers aren't, their starting lineup is not full of A-plus defenders other than uh, uh, Davis. And really, they are not. Um, and it really kind of tells you that what the the Lakers know, that the, the Nuggets are not going to be featuring MPJ. 
And when Mike gets a shot off cleanly, he they went in. And, you know, we, this is those things that if, particularly if the Lakers continue with the adjustment that they made in the second half, um, they are going to uh, uh, leave MPJ open frequently because their entire strategy that they deployed after the Nuggets went up by 20 about midway through the third quarter. They moved Davis, who was getting killed by Jokic, into an off-ball position. So this is what they did in the in the bubble. Okay, but instead of having Rui Hachimura, who they had on on Jokic this time, they had Dwight Howard, who would just use fouls and and beat up Jokic. It's, it's essentially was his entire role in that series. Um, moving Davis off of Jokic allows him to patrol the paint, and one of the reasons he was so effective is because uh, Gordon was in the dunker spot. And if the Lakers continue with this adjustment, which is the one that allowed them to get back into the game, by the way, um, if they're going to continue with this, the problem they're going to have is that it's going to leave MPJ and Austin Reeves on an island. If you have those two options right there, I don't think LeBron James is going to be wanting to guard MPJ too much because he'll be stationed out on the perimeter. Um, The reason that Austin Reeves is on there is because they're gambling that the Nuggets won't feature Mike. And Reeves is an okay defender on smaller um, players. And and here's what I'm going to throw out there, folks. And this is why uh, the Clay Thompson thing comparison with MPJ always frustrated me. Clay Thompson is six foot seven, and six foot six, six foot seven. Mike, Michael Porter Jr. is six foot ten, six foot eleven, and has an extremely long wingspan. And one of the reasons that Mike has been able to stay in games is because his defense has improved dramatically, and that was an underrated part of this game. Is that Mike's defense was actually really good. Um, but what was happening is the Lakers were like, we are gambling that. Jokic is going to feature Murray in the pick and roll, which LeBron was dedicated to stopping. Okay, it was the Murray Jokic pick and roll. They were bringing up um, LeBron on that, and it was stopping it at the level. Okay, the action out of that is to feature uh, MPJ. Okay, MPJ needs to be featured in any action if they are going to keep bringing LeBron up like that because it'll leave once again, since Davis wants to stay if in the dunker spot um, and be able to patrol the paint. Since that is the thing, it's not, it's not moving Gordon out of the, out of the line, out of the starting lineup. Okay. Because I think that is a drastic move that it would affect the Nuggets defense. They need AG on LeBron. Um, they need to just put Mike in the actions. And what they're using him now is almost entirely for spacing. What they should be doing is using Gordon for spacing, using KCPs for spacing, and involving MPJ in the actions. The dunker spot with Davis kind of roaming is kind of negligent in this lineup. You need to have basically a five-out situation, okay? And the more you involve MPJ, the more Davis is going to have to make a decision because there's no way that Reeves is going to challenge Mike's shot 
the best. Um, AG is going to be having to make AD is going to have to make a decision whether to leave AG open, which is likely going to happen if the Nuggets station him in the corner, or he's going to have to run out to MPJ, which in turn opens up other things. Because I guarantee you, MPJ is going to hit shots. The problem the Lakers have is is kind of similar to uh, not similar, but it's a same it's a math problem, but in a different way with the uh, with the Nuggets. The Nuggets have too many shooters. Uh, MPJ, KCP, Jamal Murray. Okay, and if you leave those guys open, or if you do it to sacrifice covering on one guy, which is you can tell the Lakers once they made the adjustment to having Rui Hachimura on uh, on Jokic, their entire motivation was to free up Davis. Well, in turn, what that does is hopefully it leaves shooters open like MPJ. And MPJ is the key here. The Nuggets missed an opportunity to feature MPJ. They really did. And I think that problem is going to be something that the Nuggets are going to need to address in game two. Because if the Lakers stay with this adjustment that got them back in the game, by the way, I'm neglected to say this. The Lakers did a great job of getting back to within three. Um, and the Nuggets just warded them off and won the game. Um, it was really a fourth quarter run. It wasn't a second half run. Uh, the Nuggets were up by 14 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and, and Jokic hit a, a miracle three-point Sambor shuffle shot. Um, so w- what we're seeing right now is the Lakers did their one adjustment. And they only have one adjustment. And when you really, and this was their big one, and when you really break it down, the Lakers had few options because ain't no way Jared Vanderbilt's getting out there and being left open. They had their one move. And in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about the Lakers doing this and why you should listen to Jeff Morton. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at pfwcolorado.com. They've got reds, they've got whites, they've got Rieslings, they've got blends, they've got uh, rosés, they've got everything you need for your local wine bar. Grapes from Sonoma County. Uh, grapes from the western slope of Colorado, primarily the Rieslings, primarily some of the reds that they grow out there. They also have a location in Fort Collins, and that's been an incredibly popular location. So if you're up north and you're listening to this, check out their location in Fort Collins. Basically, my favorite place to go in Denver. The Dairy Block is beautiful, and if you want to go down and have fun with your family, try go down, try some of the Pinot, try some of the... Uh, of the uh, Cabernet. Um, I think they got a 2019 Cabernet now. Um, So it is really something that you would thoroughly enjoy if you want to go down and just pregame it. Just go down for a nice night with your friends or uh, have a dinner at the Dairy Block and come on down and uh, have a couple couple drinks uh, afterwards. Uh, drink responsibly. Um, so once again, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Cools Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in, or if you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. Well, 
the Lakers sold out to win game one. They cracked out their biggest adjustment to win game one. It is, I cannot stress to you how unusual it is for the Lakers, and this is well known, by the way, having their one big adjustment, which is putting uh, uh, Ruri Hachimura on Nikola Jokic and having Anthony Davis roam. And that was one of those things that you could tell the Lakers by the time it got to 10 points, they were like, we need to do this, right? They, we need to crack out this because we need to win game one. I have been saying this repeatedly for the last two podcasts, but specifically I addressed this in the last one. The Lakers' entire strategy this playoff season has been to win game one so Davis and LeBron can coast in game two. They are completely in energy-preserving mode. And what people fail to realize is that that strategy is built on LeBron being able to show out in Los Angeles at home. Okay, this is this is a very we have a 38 year old on the roster strategy. It is less about Davis, who if he is healthy, he will be able to just do his regular thing. This is more about LeBron. The Lakers strategy is to get LeBron rest in the second game since they've been on the road. This into the uh, since they've been on the road uh, their entire playoff series. Um, time in the playoffs. Um, they want to win game one. And you've seen it, and you saw it against Memphis, and you saw it against uh, the Golden State Warriors, and you saw it again game one of this of the Western of the uh, Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets. The Lakers sold completely out to win game one. Because if they rest, I, mean, I can tell the theory is, is because if they rest control of home court from the teams, they can get the best version of LeBron when they come home. And the Nuggets did well to withstand the run that the Lakers went on. Okay, They did really well. Uh, and the Nuggets ended up winning by five, six points. Okay, And what, it, what the Nuggets did was they had some great defense from Mike Porter Jr. down the stretch. Um, and also what happened was they started fouling Jokic and you could tell they were tired. LeBron whisked a wide open three and you could tell his legs weren't under him. You know, they sold completely out to win this game. I have witnessed a ton of conference finals in my time watching, uh, of the NBA since, you know, really, truly back to the 87, 88 uh, season. I've never seen a team make a second half adjustment in game one like that. And when everyone knew that was their adjustment. Okay. I'm not discounting the Lakers here because I, I know 100% they are going to, to throw the kitchen sink at the Denver Nuggets in game two. The Nuggets are going to need to be prepared for everything, including LeBron playing 48 minutes for the Nuggets to win this game. Because if the Lakers go down 2-0, they will lose the series. They are not coming back from 2-0 down. Because they would have to play, basically, they would have to play out of their minds in Denver. Okay, 
And I don't sense that this Lakers team wants to do that. Okay. They want LeBron to rest. They want to have him the opportunity to rest. So what is going to happen is they are going to go out and just play their asses off in game two, which is something they don't want to do. Okay. And one of the things that you really, you really got to pay attention to is like, we talked about the officiating. People have talked about the officiating a lot leading up to this series and what's been going on with the Lakers basically since the trade deadline, the Lakers draw a lot of fouls and they were drawing a lot of fouls on the nuggets. But the problem is Jokic is damn good. And they, Davis was specifically trying to draw fouls on Jokic, doing what he could to try, try to draw contact. The officials weren't having it. You're going to have another officiating crew the next game. Who knows what that factor is going to be? The Nuggets can mitigate this by hitting shots. Okay. So uh, there, there's going to be that floating around. Um, I don't know if the Lakers can sustain a Ruri Hach- Hachimura uh, on Jokic strategy for a duration of a series. They really signaled that they wanted this game one almost desperately when they went to that. And I'm curious to see what the, because if you watch the post game pressers, it didn't look like the nuggets were bothered in the slightest about the comeback by the Lakers. They just didn't seem to be upset at all. Um, and the narrative in the media has been, well, well, they found something. Well, it was something it was known. I I, got to tell you folks, by the time you get to the Western Conference Finals, you know exactly how to play a team. The Lakers knew the strategy on Jokic was to get Davis off of Jokic. They knew this. They had, they had Davis on Jokic to start this game. The plan was to muddle through and keep it close until the end when LeBron could take over and Davis could take over. The problem was the Nuggets just annihilated it. And what I told you in the first half of the podcast is 100% true. The Lakers looked stunned. By the time you get to midway through the third quarter, you look, they look, they had this look about them like, we got to do this. We got to go to the strategy now. And of course it was effective. I'm not downplaying the effectiveness of it, but what they did was they did something that teams never do, which is adjust mid-game, game one. And the reason that's not normally done is because you give coaches, the opposing coaches, time to figure out a strategy to this adjustment. They, the, the adjust, this is why, I mean, Malone usually, and he's the opposite of this because it usually takes him about three games to adjust. Um, there, and you could also on the other extreme adjust too quickly. And what Darvin Ham did, and I'm sure this was pushed by LeBron to be quite honest with you, was they went all out to win this game. And they, by doing that, they tipped their hand as to what they want. And they also tipped their hand to the nuggets that they were really desperate to win this game. Okay. So in game two, I have no doubt the Lakers will throw absolutely everything against it. Absolutely everything to win game two. They, there is no way the Lakers will win this series. If they go down Oh, two to the Denver nuggets, the number one seed in the conference, the best team in the conference and the team that, uh, uh plays in Denver, fucking Colorado. Okay. This 
Lakers team, I expect them to come out with a blazing fire in the first half of this game, trying to get up by enough to where LeBron can coast in the second half. That is will be their 100% tra- strategy. What the Nuggets got to do is got to withstand that at the beginning, keep it close in the first half, and do what they did in Game 2 versus Minnesota and Game 2 versus the Phoenix Suns. Take the blows, take the blows, take the blows, pull away in the fourth quarter, okay? Uh, this Nuggets t- team is very is good enough to do this, okay? This is why you should listen to Jeff. Uh, the Lakers have been projecting 100% what their strategy is through every round of this playoff so far. They want desperately to win game one. That is their, that is where most of their um, uh, strategy lies. It's because winning game one allows LeBron to rest. And it allows him to show out in games three and four. Okay. Now he still may. He is more comfortable at home. He is older. Older players tend to play better when they're home. Okay. So this is going to be a fascinating display of what the Nuggets can withstand from the Lakers. And even if the Lakers manage to pull it out, which I I have doubts, but if they do, it doesn't mean anything other than the Nuggets now need to play their asses off in L.A., this Nuggets team is good enough to withstand this. And in fact, the Nuggets, this Nuggets team is good enough to have blown out that Lakers team. And I think if you look, if you ask the Nuggets, they think, yeah, we let we, we let up defensively, specifically. Not offensively, but they, they, they believe they let up defensively. And if they can tighten up defensively, specifically, not necessarily on Davis, do whatever. I mean, Davis, like I said, he had some inconsequential, he had inconsequential 40 points. Um, but tighten up on Austin Reeves and tighten up a little bit on LeBron, maybe a little bit on Rui Hachimura, but Rui Hachimura will always have that one game, you know, in a playoff series. I don't, if he's having to guard Jokic, his offense is going to go down folks. So (laughs) I just, just pointing it out like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's fascinating to watch, but like, look folks, this has been what the Lakers have been doing the entire playoffs. They want to win game one. And the Nuggets denied them that opportunity, even though the Lakers made their big adjustment. So I'm curious to see how this will work as we get into Game 2 on Thursday. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'm going to be back after Game 2 with another episode. Goodbye.